Sorry, happened again. Uh, don't know what's going on here, but um, I've got an idea about how we're going to fix this for next week. It'll just mean a little extra work for me. Anyway, I don't know where I, I left you again. But Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, these all died in faith. They lived by faith and died in faith. And that's the story of our life. Faith carries us through life and into death. Now, the writer tells us about one thing that they had and two things that they did not have. Pardon me, one thing they did not have and two things they had. They did not have, not having received the promises. They never settled in the land God had promised them. So they died not having received the promises, but having seen them and greeted them from afar. What they did have is they saw it. They were able to envision it by faith. Uh, faith is the conviction of things not seen. And, and that's how they saw it. And they greeted it from afar. One year around Christmas time, friends of us asked them to, to join them in Newport Beach for the boat parade. And we were standing in the stern of their boat when we heard Christian music from the other side of the harbor. And there was this, this ferry-type boat, and all these people on it, all dressed very Christmassy. Uh, and we could only see them from a distance, but the music was familiar. And I thought I recognized my mom and dad sitting in the stern of the boat. Well, when I was a child, when my brother and I were small, my dad could whistle really loud by putting his finger, his forefinger and thumb together in his mouth and whistling. And he had a special whistle that he would whistle to get our attention. So if we were off playing in the neighborhood, dad would whistle for us. We'd hear it. Sometimes we'd whistle back, but we'd definitely start running towards home. So there we are that night, and I think I see my parents across the harbor, and I put my forefinger and thumb together, and I whistled that family whistle. And immediately I could see their faces turn, and they were looking all around. They had no idea where I was, but my dad whistled the whistle back. It's like two ships passing in the night or something. It was so cool. From afar, we greeted each other. And, and so God's whistled for Abraham, and Abraham has whistled back. I'm on my way home, God. I'm on my way home. The other thing that they did have was having acknowledged. And, and now we have those other two Greek words I told you about. Zeno, which is translated strangers, and perhaps you've heard of... Um, xenophobia, that's the fear of strangers, okay? Um, Abraham and Sarah never became like the locals. They never fit in perfectly. They were always strangers. The other word, exiles, is parapidemos. Both of these words occur in Genesis 23, 3. 
where Abraham confesses that he is a stranger and an exile. And those who say such things, um, uh, pardon me, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth, for people who speak thus make it clear that they're seeking a homeland. They're looking for their own home. They're looking for their own country. They're looking for their own people. Another uh, short story. I was in high school at the time, as I recall, uh, and we were, our family was all in the car together, as often we were. We were on our way out to lunch, and you have to appreciate that this was unusual in 1966 or 67, whenever this was. My folks spotted a car in front of us that had a fish emblem on, uh, on the back of it. And um, my mom said, that looks like an ichthus. Well, ichthus is the Greek word for fish, so very good, mom. Except that ichthus, the, the letters, form an acronym, which the Greek letters uh, stand for Jesus Christ, God's Son, Savior, Ichthus. And so we followed them home. Uh, very daring of my mom and dad, but those were different days. We followed to them to their home, and when they drove into their driveway, uh, my dad pulled up and parked in their street, and he got out and he went and said, I'm sorry to bother you, but we saw that fish symbol and we just had to ask, are you Christians? And they smiled broadly and said, yes, we are. Well, you know, when it was dangerous to be a Christian in the Roman Empire, when you could be killed for confessing Jesus, when two people met, two strangers met, and they were suspicious that the other one might be a Christian, one would take his walking stick, or in, in some way, draw a smile on the ground. The other one, if that other one was a Christian, would start with the first point of the smile and do a reverse smile, making a fish symbol. And this fish symbol on their car brought us together in the discovery that we were Christians in the same way that early Christians found each other through the ichthus symbol. And I remember that, that the woman said, Oh, this is so fun. It's like seeing a license plate from California when you're in another state. It's like, oh, there are some of our people. We belong to each other. We belong to the same state. We belong to each other. We belong to the same God and the same faith. And, and Abraham and Sarah were looking for that community, that was truly their people. Looking for that community, you do not look back. Verse 15, if they had been thinking about that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. We don't look back because like Lot's wife, if you remember what happened to her, if you look back, it's possible you'll never escape your past. You'll be stuck there forever. And, like Israel in the wilderness, looking back, 
can be the first stage in turning around and going back. Peter said, you've spent enough of your lifetime in those things that you're now ashamed of. Let's move on. Don't look back. Don't look back at, at that, that, that old past that does not define you any longer. Christianity is always looking forward, looking ahead. William Barclay explains what the phrase point of no return means. He says when an airplane is, is up in the air traveling, it gets to a place where it, can, it cannot turn around and go back, where it does not have enough fuel to make it back to the place where it began. It has to go on. And he says, once people have set out on the Christian way, they should feel that they have already passed the point of no return. Once you put your foot forward in this journey with God, you should realize you've passed the point of no return. No turning back, no turning back. They're looking for a, a better homeland, a better city. This word better has come up now several times already. It's one of the key terms in Hebrews. And when I think of that better homeland, that better world, that better city, I think of, of Jesus teaching us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. Even his prayer, hallowed be thy name, um, or let your name be revered, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Can you imagine? Can you imagine everyone holding God in reverence? Everyone living in the kingdom of God. Everyone living by the will of God, which is truth and beauty and goodness. Can you, can you imagine that world? Um, that's where we're headed, folks. Uh, it's the better homeland. And because... Because of this desire for a better country, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. God is not ashamed of you. Someone posted a response to something I posted on Facebook this week and said, your parents would be ashamed of, of you. And um, perhaps... <laughs> Not likely. My, my parents both let me know that they are very proud of me. And my dad especially congratulated me on thinking for myself and, uh, and not walking in lockstep with everyone else, not even him all the time. But he was a big enough person to, to appreciate my understanding of God's Word and my devotion to Jesus, and my willingness to go where he, he sent me. Uh, <laughs> and God has prepared, okay, um, earlier in, in Hebrews we're told, Jesus is not ashamed to call us brothers and sisters. God's not ashamed to call us his people. He's not ashamed to associate with us. Other people may be, but not our God. And he's prepared this country for them. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. Same word. 
um, it's there, it's being prepared, it's, it's prepared now, and it's for you. <sighs> All right. What's the lesson here today? I think it's just this. The way that you got here is the way that you continue. You got here by faith. And that's how you're going to make it through the rest of this journey. So the moving van is loaded up and here we go. Uh, maybe we're all excited at first and playing the radio and singing loudly as we, as we travel, uh, you know, singing that happy wanderer song. And maybe we've gone a hundred miles into the desert and we're not singing anymore and we're passing around uh, wet washcloths to try to cool down. Maybe we're getting on each other's nerves and everyone has to use the restroom. Uh, it's, it gets difficult, but we still move forward by faith, sometimes just grinding it out if that's the best that we can do. And, uh, and God knows. Thankfully, He supplies us with faith the same as He does our daily bread. Don't get too comfortable in this world. Don't get too involved or invested. Treasures stored up here are going to disappear. They'll slip right through your fingers. When you leave this planet, you don't take it with you. We're not staying here forever. In fact, consider ramping up your faith. Can you imagine what that might mean? Consider believing more wildly, more radically. I'm convinced that God enjoys people whose faith is outrageous. I think that's one of the reasons that explains Samson's prowess. It was not his moral fortitude. Uh, it was that he believed in God outrageously, and God did outrageous things to him. I believe that God enjoys people who demonstrate the kind of faith that that Rainer Rilke talks about in this poem. I have faith in all those things that are not yet said. I want to set free my most holy feelings. What no one has dared to want will be for me impossible to refuse. If that is presumption, then my God forgive me. However, I want to tell you this one thing. I want my best strength to be like a shoot, with no anger and no timidity, as a shoot is. This is the way children love you. With these ebbing tides, with these mouths opening their deltas into the open sea, with these returns that keep growing, I want to acknowledge you. I want to announce you as no one ever has before. And if that is arrogance, then I will stay arrogant for the sake of my prayer that is so sincere and solitary standing before your cloudy forehead. <laughs> outrageous faith. May the Lord bless you. 
with an increase of faith this week, an increase of trust. And with that, the peace that comes through resting in God. May you be able to take deep breaths whenever you need them and settle back into the spirit who surrounds you at all times. We're on our way to a better place. May God make us fit for that place. May the Lord bless us, keep away all evil, and lead us into eternal life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.